Welcome to the HealthCast, where healthcare professionals and experts from the UK and worldwide discuss all things healthcare, providing world-class insights from the very best in medicine. And today I have the pleasure to speak to Ege Sindali, who is currently the business development manager of IDC Turkey, Istanbul Dental Center. And we are here to discuss all things turkey teeth, why that is an issue and uh, how we can fix it, basically. Ege has experiences in working in the US because he graduated from Franklin University. He majored in computer science and technology. He worked in innovative companies in the fields of internet technology. He even established his own company in 1998 in New York. And he also provided advice and consultation to Turkish and Asian manufacturers to entry the US market since 2001. So Ege, thank you so much for joining us here today for joining our podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. You obviously work a lot in the US market and now you obviously you're back in Turkey, you're in Istanbul. Uh, and tell us what exactly is it that you do for Istanbul Dental Center? Um, basically, I'm in um, uh, business development. Um, and uh, what we do here is uh, we um, uh, basically create st strategies inside the clinic on how to serve the international patients better uh, by making um, sure that uh, we relay the right uh, communication channels uh, through uh, to our patients and uh, we inform them uh, the best way we can and we design our uh, whole structure uh, around it, uh, so to speak, so that the um, the patients are well informed about what they have to do uh, before they arrive here and uh, what kind of treatment is, uh, you know, expected that they're going to receive when they do arrive. Um, and we want to be as transparent as possible uh, as a clinic. And that's why um, everything is handled uh, before the uh, uh, trip takes place. And um, that's what we do here is, uh, you know, fix that part most uh, mostly uh, so that there's no question marks uh, while they're in the air, <laughs> so to speak. And I guess transparency is a really, really important point because in the age of dental tourism, where lots and lots of people from the UK and the US, they come to Turkey because A, they get uh, a good service or even a better service than in their home country and they get it done for much cheaper. And I think this is, this is the major aspect. But equally then... I guess you are aware of this and uh, everyone listening to this podcast is aware that uh, Turkey teeth, Turkey dental tourism has got a very bad reputation for cases where people come to get their veneers done, their teeth start falling out, their crowns start falling off. So I understand that lots of people considering these dental treatments have become much more cautious and much more concerned about potential consequences and this is why i guess transparency and communication as you said is really important to the uh, to the patients um the turkish government has uh, something set up for health tourism and um, there's a certain certification that they uh, pass out um, now there's uh, thousands of clinics uh, in istanbul alone and uh, what what uh, clinics uh, what the patients have to do basically in in terms of research is that they they need to make sure that the clinic itself is certified in health tourism. Uh, the governments, uh, you know, they they really do try to um, uh, make sure that uh, there's no 
uh, underground uh, clinics uh, acting and posing as uh, dental clinics. And there are quite a few of them. And it's really hard for the, um, you know, the, um, the government to really keep a track of this. But um, at the same time, I think uh, there's a lot of uh, responsibility for the patient as well to do their right research online and make the right choice for them, whatever you know, health uh, treatment they're seeking. Make sure that the clinic they uh, they're going to be um, working with has uh, some sort of a history. It's not something that just uh, popped up uh, within a year or something. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, kind of like a warning sign. I'm not saying that they're bad, but it's a warning sign. They need to look more into it. And make sure that you know it's not. Um, something that got created by someone that is not even a dentist. It could happen. I mean, uh, they might have the money to promote themselves, uh, you know, out there on the internet. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting some treatment from someone that is not a professional. So it's best to make sure that, uh, you know, you um, do your research uh, of the dentist about the clinic uh, ahead of time uh, before you commit yourself. Absolutely. Because... I understand that a lot of new clinics, they invest very extensively into Google ads, especially. So if you go and do a little Google search, the first clinics that may show up are not necessarily the clinics that are potentially the, the right fit for you. Is that right? Correct. That is correct. I mean, uh, Google um, has a nice uh, algorithm, uh, but at the same time, it is uh, dependent on the content of the web their website, basically. And if um, if the website has been around for a long time, uh, that's a really good uh, indication that 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 clinic has been uh, around for a long time as well. And um, I mean, we do Google ads as well, but um, like you said, it's pretty much uh, how much uh, uh, money they put in uh, cost per click. So if they put a lot of money down, uh, they trump everybody else uh, in the uh, competition and all of a sudden they're showing up uh, first in the results. And just like you said, it might not be the right choice. So it's uh, it's better to do more research um, go in the website, see exactly who the dentists are and research the dentists themselves. That's always a good way to start off the uh, research portion of the clinic and the, uh, the doctors. Who is the authority that certifies the clinics and the doctors in, in Turkey? It's the health uh, ministry. Uh, the health ministry of Turkey is the one that uh, does the um, certifications and uh, we have our own. And there's, uh, I believe, not too many clinics uh, are given out uh, the certification because there's a certain process that takes place um, and uh, you have to qualify for it, uh, especially with the language. Um, in our clinic itself, I mean, we have um, uh, employees that speak in combination. We have uh, Russian, um, French, Italian, uh, Arabic, English speakers, Norwegian. <laughs> we have a whole uh, spectrum of uh, languages that are spoken here. Uh, and that really helps uh, in communication with the patient. And that is one of the qualifying factors that you have to have uh, in order to receive the certification from the government. Absolutely. So coming back to Istanbul Dental Center, I understand you guys work 
with the UK particularly, but also with the US a lot. Uh, so I understand you have commercial operations in New York. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, we have um, some uh, agencies, offices uh, in New York and New Jersey. Um, and we um, bring in patients from the US. Uh, and uh, also we have a lot of uh, patients coming in from all over the globe, really. And uh, we're, we've been really uh, fortunate enough to... Um, be one of the first uh, to be in the health tourism. Uh, we've been around for uh, over uh, 12, 13 years now. And uh, we were one of the first clinics to actually start this even before the government uh, started this uh, health tourism um, section of, uh, uh, you know, uh, health uh, care. So we were really fortunate enough to be one of the first ones to be in the market. So that helped us out, out a lot to get our name known internationally. And you guys are a family business as well? Yes, it's a family business. It's uh, basically uh, myself, my cousin. Uh, I got my father, my uncle, my aunt. So we have uh, been doing this for quite some time and it's a, a closely knit family uh, and uh, everyone is a dentist. Uh, but I, myself and my cousin, we chose to be on the business part of it uh, mostly. You need that too, you know, <laughs> they don't have time to actually, uh, uh, the dentists don't have the time to actually handle the business part, portion of it, which is really a, a really important part. Coming to the treatments themselves, what is it that, that people actually want? So when people say, I want the turkey teeth treatment, what, what are they referring to? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, many people actually refer to that as a, um, I would say, Hollywood smile. Um, and uh, everybody's uh, really um, excited to get this um, new teeth. And because, you know, it, it, it's basically it gives people a lot of um, uh, psychologically a, a lot of confidence to have that new smile. Uh, maybe you have some crooked teeth or you have some teeth missing or uh, all of the above. So basically just fixing that uh, really gives uh, that um, uh, effect uh, on your personality that changes your life. And that's what uh, clinics like us, that's what we're ultimately trying to achieve. Actually, it's uh, happy patients uh, that actually refer us to other happy patients. <laughs> that's the best uh, way of marketing. Word of mouth is the best that, that works for everywhere. We really try. We really try to make sure that each and every uh, patient that leaves here leaves here with a smile. Not, not because, you know, they can smile better, but also they're very content with the treatment they receive. But the treatment means, is it, uh, is it veneers mostly that people come to? Those, uh, they want sort of that, that type of smile. Um, so basically um, what we have is um, we have um, laminates and veneers and crowns. And the, basically um, it depends on what, which one we use for the Hollywood smile. Uh, turkey teeth or whatever you want to call it. It's um, basically how much crowding you have. If you have too much crowding in your teeth and it's too crooked, then uh, you're going to have to use something called, um, you know, the crowns uh, because we would have to actually cut the teeth. Uh, there's a lot of invasive uh, operation on the teeth there. Uh, you cut the teeth into a shape and then you put uh, a whole crown. That's why it's called a crown. Uh, it basically crowns your own tooth. And there's laminates and veneers, and that basically is for teeth that is that doesn't need too much um, work on, 
and it's uh, just a minor uh, crookedness. So uh, they, uh, they shave the top portion of it only. And um, they put the laminates on top, just like a fake nail. And everything is fit together perfectly. Uh, everything is measured. Make sure that um, the, when you smile, the aesthetic teeth show perfectly uh, according to how your mouth opens. So that's basically these aesthetic uh, parts uh, is uh, really carefully uh, calculated. Um, we take photos in our studio uh, of, the, of the patient and we do all these uh, procedures before we start even treatment. And uh, after that point, uh, the, we make mock-ups of the uh, teeth, how it's gonna look. Uh, so we do digital smile design so that the patient has an idea about what their teeth is going to look like at the end. And um, that's one of the treatments that uh, we get um, really asked a lot of. And the other one is implant, uh, implant treatments. Um, and implant treatments is uh, extremely expensive in the U.S. and uh, also uh, the West. What is the numbers that we're talking about approximately, just to get a comparison? So, uh, basically, uh, each implant um, it costs uh, in the West somewhere around four thousand to seven thousand um, dollars, and we basically uh, in Turkey what makes it more uh, you know um, really appetizing for <laughs> patients is oh wow I mean I can get this done at a quarter of the price or much less. Now sometimes um, they end up saying okay you know what why can't I get it down to the cheapest possible and that is when things go sideways mm. so uh, when you when you want to uh, consider this um, first of all you need to consider where the implant uh, is made and how long of a history it has because there needs to be some sort of a science behind that implant it can't be from a company that has been around for just a couple of years uh, you know, um, and there's there's such uh, implants out there in the market. And of course, their prices are dirt cheap. And sometimes uh, it's actually not even medical grade titanium. And this this is basically really like poison for a human's body. And uh, when you put this in uh, the jawbone, it gives um, these ions and it can actually uh, go through the bloodstream and go into your liver and some other parts of your body, and it can really create some bad illnesses. Um, that's why uh, do not try to get the cheapest price out there. That is not the best way to get a treatment done. Um, and most of the time, this is what we've been trying to educate our patients in, is try to compare the price to your hometown. And not necessarily when you get to Turkey, oh, you know what? I just got uh, my implant done for that, but there's another clinic that is doing it for, you know, 50% less or 80% less. We have to stop and think for a minute. I mean, there's a cost of the implant, right? And the cost of operating the clinic and everything else and everything else needs to be included in that price, right? So if it is extremely cheap, you should be worried. <laughs> nice treatment out of that. It's not going to happen. It's it's uh, basically it's going to be a prob problematic, uh, you know, um, uh, piece of uh, treatment. And that's why uh, when I say the patients need to really do their research, not only uh, with uh, the, the pricing, but also the quality of the service.
that they're going to receive. Mm. And uh, th this is uh, a few things that is combined. Number one, it needs to be done by a dentist that is professional in that uh, part of dentistry. So a lot of dentists, uh, they uh, apply implants without actually having education in implantology. And that is a big no-no. <laughs> I mean, just like uh, uh, anything else, uh, just because they're a dentist doesn't qualify them to do all these different parts of dentistry. So you have to find yourself a dentist that is qualified to administer that treatment for you. So if there, you have a gum disease problem, a periodontist needs to take care of you, not as somebody else. So all these different things you, you need to, the patient has to educate themselves and that's what we do. You guys do assess patients or remotely because just the way you're interviewing with me right now, you're you're speaking to to all of your patients because most of most of the time they do come from abroad. But is there ever anyone who's who can directly assess them? So what's sort of the, the the process of consultation? Just talk me through what you would normally do from start to finish. Once they communicate to us, uh, they are speaking with an agent that is directly uh, communicating to uh, the professors in the clinic. And each case that we take in is actually analyzed by uh, these professors. Uh, we have a meeting room where uh, they all sit down every day and we take uh, all these requests and it takes them literally a few minutes to analyze the photos, the clinical uh, photographs of the uh, person's teeth. And also what we need, uh, the second thing we need is a panoramic x-ray. A panoramic x-ray is a perfect way to get a, a comprehensive uh, look at the uh, general health uh, of the per uh, person's mouth. So the, our professors can take a look and see if they have cavities, if there is any gum, receding gums, the, the quality of the bone, if there needs to be done so many of these things can be answered with just one glance and uh, analysis of our professors and once we do that we get back to the patient and we give them options so we say okay here's your treatment option number one number two number three or if there is any uh or maybe they don't have any options there's only one thing that can be done but we give them all these possibilities and we uh, create a treatment plan and uh, we give them a time frame and also a price quote. And all this is done customized per patient. And uh, once uh, we communicate this to them, then they get back to us. If it's, uh, we, of course, we have to consider their budget, uh, their time frame, their general health. Uh, is another uh, issue if uh, if they uh, are taking some sort of medications, if they have a heart disease or di a diabetic uh, patient or any of these things we have to consider uh, before making these uh, treatment plans. So first and foremost, it's the health of the patient. That's the most important part. How would you assess that? Would you assess that remotely as well, just by looking at their medical history and by using the information that they have? Or is that is there something that you would undergo as well to to make them uh, to assess them for suitability? We we definitely do this by requesting uh, their general health uh, uh, basically information. 
uh, we have to consider these things when uh, creating uh, the treatment plan. Uh, for example, if, uh, if a patient is receiving uh, chemotherapy, uh, they cannot receive dental implants. So we have to know this beforehand uh, before the patient actually arrives here. So if they neglected the, uh, to tell us that, uh, they could arrive here and the, the dentist will have to refuse treating uh, because uh, they're taking, uh, you know, chemotherapy. So uh, all these different details need to be taken uh, place uh, before uh, they actually plan their uh, trip to Turkey. And we go over all the details, make sure that nothing is left out. And once uh, everything is uh, set in stone, then we say, okay, now you're ready. And uh, we uh, give them the treatment plan, the pricing, uh, and also the length of stay that they would need. And once everything is set, then uh, hopefully they will uh, arrive at our clinic and uh, their first clinical exam takes place. Uh, not everything can be seen in an x-ray. Uh, so there are certain things uh, that can be hidden and uh, that can show up in a clinical exam of the of the dentist. So that is uh, that is one of the things that uh, we communicate to the patient as well. So we get in as much information as we can initially uh, through an online yeah. consultation. But at, at the same time, there is that 10% that we cannot see. Uh, and that might come up. It's not always, but there are times that it does uh, that come up in a, a clinical exam. And once we do find that, uh, there might be some additions to the treatment plan or subtractions. So we might not do some of the things that we thought was possible. We might not be able to do them, or we might be able to add some things because we saw a problem that was not evident before. So uh, those are the things that uh, we consider when we um, create the treatment plan uh, remotely. And I guess that's also very important because I guess a lot of clinics, they just don't undergo such thorough thing. It's like, okay, patient wants treatment X and they want to get treatment X as soon as possible and as cheaply as possible. So I guess to, to have these thorough examinations are quite important. So how long do patients usually stay in Turkey for these treatments? Um, it depends on the treatment they get, but uh, most of the time for, uh, let's say, a Hollywood smile. Uh, when we say a Hollywood smile, it's basically the aesthetic teeth that show up when you smile. So it's eight teeth on the top and the eight teeth on the bottom. Uh, most of the time, those are the teeth that show up when you smile. So that's a total of 16 teeth. So if they wanted to get all of them done, uh, let's say that there's a lot of crowding, there's a lot of problems, a lot of issues with the teeth, and we, they need to get 16 teeth done. Um, then at most, uh, you're talking about a 10-day stay. It, it would have to take a week to 10 days. Uh, and this is um, because uh, we're working with a lab, and um, there's a lot of talented artists working behind uh, the creation of these teeth. So, um, I mean, you, you got to see them. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, um, uh, like a harmony between the dentist and the lab technician. It's not a one-man show, so to speak. So basically, the, the dentist uh, creates the vision. It's like the architect of the whole thing. And the, the lab technician is the actual uh, the worker that puts in the work. And it, they need to both work together to create this teeth 
to look as natural as possible um, when you uh, think about um, uh, the transparency. You probably have seen um, people doing, um, uh, you know, Hollywood, so to speak, like a Hollywood smile, but it looks like a one block of white teeth. It just doesn't look natural, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, those are the ones that uh, they don't use the right, uh, basically, material. They use, uh, you know, zirconia, uh, and they don't work with probably the best laboratory technicians. So it's really important that the dentist works with uh, a lab tech that is using high quality products um, like Emacs. Uh, Emacs is uh, what we use uh, for uh, Hollywood Smile. Uh, our dentist would give you much better uh, information about them and how it's used. Uh, but it gives that uh, the translucency of uh, light breaking and the and the teeth uh, color, um, just like in uh, natural teeth. So this this is the most uh, important uh, part that we take pride in, mm-hmm. is that we try to create uh, the natural, the most natural looking teeth possible, uh, not just by its looks, but also its function. Yeah. The function is really more important than the looks, and people uh, try to uh, always push that aside and put it uh, in second place. But functionality is by far the most important part. It's uh, basically your teeth is your health. I mean, uh, it's um, it's what gives uh, the whole body it's uh, it's it's the gate. It's the gate of uh, food. It's the gate to all the bacteria and everything else. So you don't take care of it, or it doesn't function properly. Uh, it does cause uh, you know other uh, health problems uh, along the line. What is what does the maintenance part of that look like? So how long would we consider that Hollywood smile to to have its longevity? Because I I understand that after a certain well maybe after a decade or so you have to replace them. It's it's uh, all dependent on how it's used. Um, there are patients that uh, I mean we've had patients that crack walnuts uh, with their teeth. I mean it's uh, certain things that you do that you wouldn't do with your own teeth. I mean, you shouldn't do with, <laughs> you know, your Hollywood teeth as well. I mean, there, there's people that uh, have this notion that they believe that uh, once they get the implants or once they get these teeth, it's going to be hard as uh, diamonds and they can do whatever they want to open a bottle of beer. I mean, it's uh, we've, we've had really our share of, uh, you know, patients that have these wrong uh, type of information about uh, what they are, you have to be um, as protective of them as you would your own teeth, because these um, Hollywood smile teeth, it's actually bonded with your own tooth and it becomes your own. So you have to take care of them uh, just like uh, regularly. You have to take care of them brushing, uh, flossing, whatever. You have to uh, do your regular checkups as well with your uh, dentist uh, abroad. So you have to go to your regular checkups, make sure that your oral health is in good shape. And once you do that, they can go as long as possible. It's much more than 10 years. So I could, I so if I'm I'm in my mid-20s right now, would I be able, if I got my, my, my teeth redone, would I be able to have them until late into my mature years or what's what what, what just to, just to throw a number out what's just just give me a number 
okay, I'm going to throw a number out for you. How long do you think your um, your own teeth are going to go for? As long as possible, hopefully. <laughs> so basically, you, you would think that because you say you're going to take care of your teeth, right? And you're going to do your regular checkups. So this is going to actually diminish the uh, amount of uh, possibility of any kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, gum disease or any other uh, oral health problems. Because these are the things that actually uh, play a big role in the health of the um, the, the new teeth that you have put in. So basically, just like your own teeth, there's no guarantee that your own teeth will last you a lifetime. You might get uh, cracks in it. You might get a lot of things wrong with it, right? I mean, anything can happen. It can weaken over time. And this is the same thing. You have to take care of them. As long as you take care of them, just like your own tooth, they can go... Uh, and serve you for up to your, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. It, it all depends on how well you uh, take care of them. And if anything wrong with them, uh, you have to see it before it happens. See, this is another problem with um, health. Uh, people are scared to go to the dentist. That's a, that's a general rule, right? Including myself. <laughs> I myself included, but that's a really bad thing to do because... Most of the time, there are things working in the background without giving a symptom. That's the problem. So there could be a cavity uh, that is working its way through uh, without you even having any pain. And But by the time you receive that pain, it might be really too late. So that's why it's really important to periodically go to your dentist and have your checkups. Make sure that there is nothing uh, working its way through to your root, so to speak, you know, and make sure there's nothing bad going on. Uh, and once you do that, that is going to really help you, um, you know, do your uh, teeth cleaning every year, once a year. Uh, and all, doing all these things really protect your investment. Uh, basically, this is an investment. It's an investment to your health and not just your looks. Uh, so uh, as long as you take care of it, it's going to serve you for a very long time. So do veneers and crowns actually protect your natural teeth as well from getting anything? Because, of course, you put a, an additional layer, an artificial layer on top of your own teeth. Uh, by shaving part of your teeth off, you make them hypersensitive. And I had stuff done on my teeth, even though I haven't gone undergone any uh, uh hyperdental treatments like like the ones that you are describing but uh, i understand what it feels like to have a hypersensitive tooth and and just be, be be sensitive to everything and i guess one of the main reasons that people are concerned about turkey teeth treatments is that they don't know how is badly is that gonna also affect them speaking about myself i have very sensitive teeth and i i do experience pain easily on my own teeth so for me the concern would be uh, what's what's the what's the pain factor here uh, for for people? I understand you you can't do much with your teeth, especially within the first few weeks of receiving your implants or your 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 crowns, your veneers. Uh, so, so so what's the how 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 quickly can people lead a normal life after having received that type of treatment? I'm so glad you asked that question because I think. The most important thing, like we mentioned, is that you work with a true professional. Uh, when you work with um, a really a professional in their field, let's say implantology, right? 
they know exactly the the amount of time uh, that it's going to take uh, for you to be able to um, you know um, have regular food or uh, which is they, we what we do is we give a pamphlet out uh, to our patients for every treatment that they receive, whether they got a wisdom tooth pulled, pulled out or they uh, had an implant treatment or they had a um, Hollywood treatment, we give them an informa informative leaflet. So it details what they can expect, what kind of complications could occur if there's any. So all these things are in detail, um, you know, it's to inform the patient and make sure that they know what to expect. Because most of the time they don't know. And most of the time when they go to these clinics, um, let's say that they had a wisdom tooth pulled out and all of a sudden they have this uh, huge, uh, you know, maybe a um, swelling in their jaw and they're like, is that normal? What's going on? I mean, uh, and most of the time it is. Uh, as long as uh, they put some, you know, cold compression down, it minimizes this. But uh, most of the time patients uh, panic because they're not well informed. Um, just like you you said that you have sensitive teeth. Um, the dentist would have to actually um, really assess that with the patient. And if there need be, you might have to have a canal uh, treatment where they would um, take out the, um, the uh, nerve of the tooth. So your tooth has, you know, in reality, it's just become an organic implant. Uh, without because it's not uh, alive anymore it's uh, its nerve is removed but it's uh, nice and uh, strong it's uh, on there and uh, it just has this uh, crown on top and there's no way you can feel pain after that point mm. because that, that tooth uh, is is no longer serving any nerve anything. so um, sometimes with patients, we have to do that. And we have to give that information to the patient. We have to warn them and tell them that, listen, if we do this, uh, you have really sensitive teeth. Uh, so we might have to do root canal uh, and uh, remove that uh, you know, nerve uh, so that you won't receive any uh, kind of sensitivity after the procedure. And we give that warning. And if they're okay with that, which is not something we prefer to do, by the way. There's no, uh, it's not worth it. You know, it, it depends on how badly we, we have to assess that with the patient. It's it's about the health benefit uh, compared to uh, what they receive and what um, they're going to get rid of from their life, which is uh, a nerve ending. It's not something simple, you know? So um, they have to decide that with the patient uh, the doctor and the patient, and uh, basically they come up with the best solution to fit uh, what the patient uh, wants. And not only what he or she wants, but what is best for them. And they have to decide that with the doctor. Because sometimes what the patient wants is not really the best option. And we have had many patients like that. They, they come up in the uh, they, they say, oh, I'd, I'd love to get an implant uh, uh, here, here, and here. Uh, well, it's uh, not possible because, you know, we, we tell them that you don't have, you know, good enough bone structure. Um, and if we did uh, those implants, uh, you're going to lose them uh, eventually, like after a year or two, they're going to come off. So there's always that risk. There's always a risk with any kind of treatment that uh, you receive. 
but what's important is that um, the patient understands all the risks that are involved and uh, there is nothing in fine print. Everything is transparent. They know exactly what they're getting and uh, what to expect and how to take care of whatever they received. Because nothing comes uh, uh, free in that sense. You just don't pay for a treatment and it's all over. It's done with it. Or you're done. Uh, it doesn't work that way. If you receive an implant, there's a certain uh, things that you have to do as a patient to take care of that implant. Uh, you have to do your regular checkups. You have to make sure that, uh, you know, you follow your doctor's, uh, you know, advices on how to treat your teeth. Uh, how how uh, often you have to go to your checkups. And there's a bunch of other things that you have to actually follow through just to make sure that that treatment serves you to your, uh, you know, late, late life. So um, this is what we try to do because uh, the reason uh, this makes us really popular in a sense is because um, this is a professor's clinic uh, and they love teaching. <laughs> so they love informing the patients about what their treatment is about and just like you know they're teaching their students in the university uh they're doing the same thing with the patients they don't uh shy away from that they love teaching uh, because uh, an informed patient is really the best patient they absolutely they, they're going to they're going to basically know exactly what they want that is going to be good for them that's that's what we're trying to uh, do establish here uh, at the clinic most of the time. And that is important. That is important, as you said to me. The most frequent the, the the most frequent question asked to you is: Do do you speak do people speak English in your clinic? Yeah, we we get the asked that a lot because I guess there's a lot of clinics that um, they don't have uh, any um, uh, English speakers uh, around. I mean, especially. Uh, they might have translators, um, but um, of course, when you, you know, lost in translation, <laughs> there might be a problem when you're trying to communicate, the patient is trying to communicate with a doctor, a translator is most of the time not enough. Uh, they, they cannot explain exactly uh, what's going on, and that creates a problem when uh, creating the uh, treatment plan. Um, I mean, our, our founders basically have been educated in London. Uh, they have uh, uh, really good English skills. Um, they were basically um, professor in uh, NYU, New York University Faculty of Dentistry, um, and uh, they're internationally known. So they, they have always been attending these Congress meetings and um, both locally and internationally and uh, hosting it. They've been attending it and uh, that really uh, helped them keep themselves updated with all the latest information um, and also, of course, language-wise as well, to be able to communicate all these things with the patient is, I think, crucial, especially when uh, creating a treatment plan and being uh, really up-to-date with the uh, latest technologies and latest information is uh, a second to none. I mean, that has to uh, be in place uh, in order to... Uh, give the best uh, service to the patient. And that is, I think, what um, kind of separates us uh, is is that experience. And um, also we uh, keep the patient's health uh, at uh, our most uh, 
prior um, of, uh, of, of things to uh, concentrate on. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This was Ege Sandali for the HealthCast, where healthcare professionals and experts from the UK and worldwide come together to take care of all things healthcare. Thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. 